Well, good morning, 11 a.m. How are you guys doing this morning? All right, we'll take it. We'll take it. Happy holiday weekend to you. For those of you who are here and for those of you who are in our overflow space right now, or maybe you're watching online later, uh, it's so good to be with you. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City, and uh, it's good to be back with you. Let me say that. We've had some time away as a family, and it was so good for us. We pull away usually in the month of August uh, to rest, to recover, uh, to be alone with God, to be with each other as a family. Uh, And it was such a rich and meaningful time for us, for our kids to kind of get that sort of time with us was such a gift. They had a blast. They would prefer that we just live that way, always on permanent vacation. I think I would prefer that too. Uh, And what was really fun is Gene and I at the end of the month got to pull away just us. We got to celebrate our 21st anniversary. That's amazing. Got married when we were 10, so just if you do the math. Uh, And we got to spend time uh, with each other. Uh, I got to spend time praying and dreaming about this next chapter for our church, and we come back so refreshed and so energized, and we cannot wait to see what God has for us in this next chapter of our church. We are so excited about what God's doing and where he is leading us. So I just want to say uh, a thank you from Gene and I and from our kids. Uh, thank you to the elders of this church that made this rhythm of rest and replenishment a part of our job that we pull away. And we're so thankful for the wisdom and the care of our elders And uh, I want to say thanks to those of you who prayed for us while we were away. Uh, We felt cared for. We felt carried while we were away as a family. So for those of you who prayed for us, thank you so much for doing that. It means so much to us. And then I just want to thank and I want to have you thank the incredible staff of Soul City Church that held it down and moved this church forward while we were away in the month of August. So let's thank them. Uh, It is a pretty cool thing to not have to worry about anything and to know that our church is in great and gifted hands. So what a cool uh, time for us. As important as this last month was for us uh, to be away, to rest, to go for walks, do puzzles, you know, all the important things. As important as that was for us, uh, this was a really difficult month for our country, wasn't it? This was a hard month. And we seem to have more and more of these lately. And as you think back to what we experienced as a nation this last month, it's really, it's unheard of. When you think back to the evil, blatant racism and hatred that was on display in Charlottesville, it's irreprehensible. And yet we were forced to face that part of us and choose how we would respond to that. And then you fast forward to the unprecedented devastation and flooding from Harvey and our brothers and sisters and friends and people we've never even met in Houston, all across Texas and the surrounding area, the loss of life, the loss of home, property. I mean, it has been a really difficult month. And I just felt like as we got to the end of August and started this new month, don't you wish you could just for our country just kind of hit a reset button, like a do-over button? You know, and just kind of go back and maybe begin again somehow, do it different. You ever had one of those personally for you? I know we've all experienced that as a nation. You ever had one of those months where you wish you could just go back and have a do-over? You got to the end of the month, you're like, oh, what I wouldn't give to go back to the first of the month. I would have definitely done some things differently. Or maybe you've had one of those kind of weeks at work, you know, you get to Friday and you're like, oh, Lord, if I could just go back to Monday, I would not have said that in that meeting 
might have been a different week. You wish you could have kind of a begin again with a week. For, for me as a kid, one of my favorite books was something my parents gave me. And maybe you've heard of this book. It was called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Anyone ever heard of that book? What a terrible book to give children. It's such a pessimistic, doom and gloom view of the world. And yet it was my favorite book as a kid. And Alexander just had such a terrible worldview because everything that happened to him or around him, he would just say at the end of that page, it was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And it was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. You ever had one of those kind of days or maybe one of those kind of weeks or maybe those kind of months, maybe you've been living in a season, just a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad season. What do you do when you need a redo? How do you begin again for the stuff that matters most in life, the stuff that you can't kind of polish up or that you can't push down any longer? What do you do when your soul needs to begin again? See, this is a fundamentally spiritual question. Because there's nothing you can do to add to you to change that. There's no diet you can go on that's going to give you a begin again. There's no new wardrobe, new city, new job. All those things are external things. I'm talking about the internal stuff, the stuff of the soul, where you hit a wall and you realize, I can't keep going like this anymore. You ever had one of those kind of moments? What do you do? When you need to do over, when you need to begin again. See, this is something people have been facing and people have been asking for as long as there have been people. This is a fundamental spiritual question in the lives that we all live. In fact, it's a question that Jesus was asked several times. People would come to him and see something so different about him and say, how do we have what you have? How can I change the life I have or I've been living? Can you do anything about this? And the reason we're here as a church and what we celebrate every week and every day is the answer is yes, he can. And we're gonna look at a story, an example, a conversation that Jesus had with someone that is very enlightening where this person faced this fundamental spiritual question of how do I begin again? And it paints the picture for the backdrop of what we're gonna be celebrating here today, which is new life in Jesus and what transformation looks like in public as we celebrate baptism. So here's what I want you to do. Grab a Bible and turn to John chapter three, pretty famous chapter of the Bible, John chapter three. If you brought your Bible with you, awesome, fantastic. If you have it on your phone, great, open that up now. If not, do you see the gray Bible right there in front of you? And go ahead and grab that and turn to page 740 in the Gray Bible. That'll help fast track you there. So those of you who are in overflow as well, turn to page 740 in the Gray Bible, John chapter 3. Let me give you some quick context as to where we're coming into in this part of the story of Jesus. This is pretty early on in his public ministry, which occupied the last three years of his life here on earth. And Jesus had already performed miracles. Jesus had already been teaching. He had already built up quite a following. But at the same time, there were folks who uh, didn't like what Jesus was all about. And these were the religious leaders of his day. He already had several run-ins with some of the religious leaders of his day. They didn't like Jesus' message that you could begin again, that God can make a new way and give you a new life because that went against what they believed. See, they believed that you had to earn it. They believed you had to prove it. They believed you had to work for it. And if you want God to notice you, you better impress him. That's what they built their whole lives on. So as you can imagine, Jesus is quite a threat to the establishment that they had created. And so it's no wonder that one of these spiritual leaders in their community, these religious leaders, came to have this fundamental spiritual conversation with Jesus 
But he chose the most interesting time to do it. He came creeping up to Jesus, as we're going to see in John chapter 3. Let's begin in verse 1. Now, there, oh, oh yeah, pause, 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 pause. Because I've been away for a little bit. I, I need to tell you, because the 8 o'clock totally messed this one up. So let me help you, uh, save you from that. Here's the deal. Every now and then, I'm going to pause in the passage. And when I do, all you have to do is say the next word or little phrase out. Does that make sense? Now, here's the deal. You can't fail at this. The, it's an open book test, and the answers are on the board. All you got to do is say the next word or phrase. Does that make sense? We do that to engage us in the word of God, and it lets me know who's still uh, awake. So let's get into this. John chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So here we have established. John lets us know he is one of them, those religious leaders who did not like Jesus who was threatened by the way of Jesus. It says this in verse two. He came to Jesus when? He came to Jesus at night. At night. Circle that. That's interesting. Now that's a very specific detail that John gives us. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi or teacher, he recognizes Jesus' teaching authority. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs, which is another word for miracles. No one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So what we see here is that Nicodemus actually recognizes something different about Jesus. All of Jesus' teaching and miracles at this point pointed to the power of God in him. And that's a pretty big deal for one of these religious leaders to say, I see something different in you. In fact, I recognize your spiritual authority. Now, the text tells us that he came to Jesus at night. Why did John want us to pay attention to that? Well, think about it. He's a religious leader. He did not want to risk his reputation by being seen having a spiritual conversation with Jesus in broad daylight. He kind of just snuck in the back door. You know, he kind of slid in the back row. No offense, back row people. But he just kind of slid in the back, didn't want anyone. He kind of creeped on in so that he could have this conversation with Jesus and no one would see him. Now, what's, if I were Nicodemus and I knew I was going to be talking to Jesus, I would have run that conversation through in my head. I would have rehearsed it, figured out what I wanted to say. You know, if I was kind of writing it out, okay, here's what I'm going to start. I'm going to start by just encouraging him, you know, telling him he's awesome. He's a good teacher. You know, just kind of warm him up a little bit so that I can get into the philosophical, philosophical conversation that I want to have with Jesus. So I'm going to start by letting him know how nice he is and how I respect him. And then I'll go into my philosophical, theological questions that I have for Jesus. But what Jesus does is he just gives him a total Jesus-y answer. Because Nicodemus didn't even ask a question, but Jesus just totally changes the subject from where he was heading. Look at what he says, verse three. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are what? Unless they are born again. Born again. You've heard that phrase before, right? So <laughs> you got to imagine you're Nicodemus. You have the whole thing mapped out in your head and you kind of start, and you start off strong with the encouragements and all that kind of stuff. And then Jesus says, Jesus says, all right, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me tell you something true, like truly true. You can build your life on this. No one can actually see the kingdom or the way or the rule of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus is like, yeah, born again. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what? Like, that's not even what I came here to talk to you about. Now we're already talking about this. He was so confused. See, again, he wanted to have a philosophical conversation, but he was unaware of his spiritual condition. And see, that's so often what we do. We come to church or we talk about God and we engage our heads, but we haven't even paid attention to our heart. 
into our soul, into our lives. But Jesus sees right through, and Jesus says, let me tell you what we're really going to talk about. And so he paints this picture. He says, you got to be born again. Now, what Nicodemus doesn't know, he clearly hadn't spent a lot of time around Jesus because he didn't know that Jesus is a frequent flyer on the metaphor airlines that he constantly uses metaphors. He wasn't up to speed with how Jesus talks. So he's very confused. Verse four, this is what Nicodemus says. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Now, Nicodemus may have majored in theology, but he minored in biology, and so he knew how all of this worked. He's like, okay, hold up. You can't do that, because that's like not going to be fun for you or your mom. It just doesn't work. It doesn't how can that happen? So he's stuck in a literal mental space, and Jesus says, no, 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 I'm speaking into your spirit. I'm speaking into your soul. I'm giving you an image that you can build your life on. Verse five, Jesus sets him straight and says this. All right, listen, listen, listen. Very truly I tell you, same phrase you started with the last sentence. In other words, you can build your life on this. I'm telling you this so you don't miss it. No one can enter. Remember the first time he said see. Now he's talking about experiencing. First response was about witnessing. Now he's saying if you want to experience, if you want to know that you know that you know, not just in your head but in your heart, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of what? Unless they are born of and the spirit. Now, these are two very interesting things that Jesus uses here. Imagery, again, he's already talking about being born again. Now he's introducing water and spirit. But what Jesus is fundamentally saying here is it is possible to begin again, Nicodemus. That's what you really want to know. Can you begin again? Yes, you can. And here's how. It's through God. And it involves water and spirit. Now, what's Jesus talking about here with these images, these metaphors. Well, spirit is actually an internal thing. He's talking about your spirit, recognizing the spirit of God. So spirit is an internal thing. Water, the image he uses there, is an external thing. Water represents being cleansed, being washed, being made new. So you have an internal thing, spirit, and an external thing, Water, the only way that you can be, in Jesus's words, born again, in our words, we'd probably say begin again, is by saying yes to God's spirit from your spirit. That is an internal thing where your soul says yes to God. That you can't get there by mental ascension. That you can't get there by adding more and more religious things to your life. Nicodemus had already done all of that. Jesus said, no, this is not about that. This is about the spirit, the unseen now, what the water is, is the water is a physical, you know, external thing that helps you see the unseen. It's an image, a picture of how, like, just like you, use water on a daily basis to shower or a, every other a weekly basis. At some point, you shower and you clean yourself off and you probably don't even think twice about it. But Jesus says, actually, there's more to it. That's like what is happening. You are being transformed from the inside out. Just like water can cleanse you and wash you on the outside, the spirit can make you new from the inside out. So you have an internal thing and an external thing going on here, spirit and water. Water is a very important image, actually, used all throughout the Bible. We use it so many times a day without even thinking about it. Your body is made up mostly of water. We've seen the power, the devastation that water can cause. We know that our lives actually depend. You can't live without 
water. And so Jesus says, let me give you another purpose for water. It's to be a symbol, a reminder that you can begin again. You can be washed new. Every sin, every pain, every hurt, every sorrow, all of it can be made new. And the symbolism of water that we use when we celebrate baptism is just that. It's a symbol, a metaphor of you being buried with Christ as he was buried in the tomb and then being raised to new life in him as God raised Jesus from the dead. That water now has a spiritual significance Not anything special about the water, but about what it represents. That you can be made new from the inside out. The water helps us remember what transformation looks like in public. The water is how we see the unseen. How we mark what has actually been made new. And that's why we make such a big deal about baptism around here. Because we need to see it. We need to see what transformation looks like in public. I need to. And especially after the month like we've had this last month, I need something for my soul to celebrate. I need to be reminded that God makes all things and all people new. And so we make a really big deal. We love celebrating baptism around here. And we long for everyone that we know to say yes to Jesus. That's my heart's desire is that everyone I know would say yes to Jesus at some point in their life and then that they would say that next best yes to baptism because that's really at the heart of what baptism is. That's what it is. Baptism is a begin again thing. It's not like this religious rite or ritual that you have to go through. It is a way of marking, of celebrating that you can begin again. No matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, no matter how unsavable you thought you were, no matter how dependent you've become on your own efforts, no matter how many things you've added to the outside of your life, baptism is a begin again thing where you can say, I've been transformed, I've been saved, I've been redeemed from the inside out. My spirit now belongs to God. And the water is the way that we mark and celebrate that. And it's our hope and desire that when we witness baptism today, you'd have a greater sense or understanding of what's really going on here, how special and important this is. And even more than that, our hope is that today you would experience it. You would tangibly actually experience it. That what Nicodemus came searching for, you would find today in Jesus that you'd step out of the shadows and into the light of a relationship with him, that you'd say yes to him. And if you've already said yes to him at some point in your life, but you haven't been baptized, we want you to say yes to baptism today. We want you to experience what Jesus is talking about here and what's practiced all throughout the New Testament. Now listen, I could go on and on telling you more and more about this. I haven't been up here to preach for four weeks. I could go the rest of the afternoon My hunch is none of you want me to do that. So rather than telling you more about it, I want you to see it, what it really looks like for someone's life to be changed from the inside out. I want you to hear the story of my friend Jonathan, who's been coming to Soul City now, gosh, for um, so three months, so long, three months he's been coming to Soul City. But his story is an important one, someone who kind of got all the pieces right but still missed the heart and how God has changed and transformed him 
from the inside out, and he has been made new. He's had a chance to begin again. I just want you to hear his story. So can we welcome Jonathan up today? My name is Jonathan, and my life began in a two-parent Christian home where I learned about God and how to serve him. But life happened, and unfortunately, it affected my parents' marriage for the worse. My parents were divorced when I was seven, and my mother raised me as a single parent. Unfortunately, like many kids in my situation, I only got to see my father on the weekends. We didn't have a lot of money, and our resources were pretty limited. And when I was 10, my younger sister was born, so I had to learn how to grow up really fast so I could help take care of her. And since all of that was the case, I got my first job as soon as I could because I realized that if I wanted to do something, I needed to work for it myself. And that led to me being unhealthily independent. And I learned not to rely on anyone, not even God. Even after my parents divorced, they both did their best to teach me how to live my life for God. As I grew, so did my intellectual understanding of Jesus. I knew a lot about him and was great at worshiping the idea of him, but I still didn't really know Jesus. I believed that if I worked hard enough, God was pleased, but if I failed, then he was disappointed with me or angry with me. And sometimes I didn't think I would go to heaven when I would die. So fast forward to my last semester of college where I spent three and a half months in Florence, Italy, studying abroad. The day was March 27th, 2013. I was on my way to school having a really heartfelt conversation with God, and it was something like this. I told him, I feel like I failed you. I can't measure up to what you want me to be, and I don't even know why you want me. And so, right before I arrived at school, the Holy Spirit said to me, you know how your parents just love you and don't expect anything from you? Well, that's how I feel about you. And Jonathan, you're not my employee, you're my son. And those words pierced me until I wept. And it was then that I began to realize that God was after more than just my mind. He also wanted my heart too. I returned to the States hoping to cultivate this new understanding that I had of God. I wanted him to have my heart, but I didn't realize that I couldn't give it away because life had hardened it. Honestly, I think I was afraid that if Jesus had my heart completely, that he would be disappointed with what he saw. So I only gave him bits and pieces of it. A few years later, I found myself Googling churches. And when Soul City popped up, I decided to check it out. I watched a sermon Jeannie preached titled, The Gift of Being Yourself. And my heart's antenna perked up as I listened because Jeannie talked about how it, it is a gift to embrace the uniqueness of being you. And that was something that I needed to hear because it was something I struggled with for much of my life. So when the sermon was over, I figured I needed to pay this place a visit. 
To my surprise, the first week I showed up was at Skinner Elementary and church had been canceled. <laughs> but it was for good reason. It was to serve the city. I liked it, so I kept coming back. <laughs> and a few weeks later, I was standing outside at work and I heard Jesus say to me, literally, I want your heart. And even though I didn't know how to give it away at that point, I said, okay. Because I knew that he was gonna help me to give it away to him. A couple of weeks later, I woke up on a Sunday with an urgency to go to the earlier service. And when I got here, the lyrics of the song kept reminding me that all of the different ways that I had been feeling Jesus' call to me were apparent. When Jeannie extended the invitation for baptism, I felt the Spirit stirring me, and I knew that it was time to let go of trying to be overly independent and to surrender. As I got into the water tank, I knew that I was beginning an exciting journey with Jesus, and I felt the relief of knowing that my heart was safe with him. Abella baptized me, one of the very first people I met at Skinner Elementary that day when church was canceled. <laughs> and she prayed with me as I came up out of the water, and I felt so much strength. It was the beginning of my realizing that I'm not alone. So now I know that my identity is based in my belonging to Jesus. I know that Jesus loves me beyond words, that he has truly forgiven me. And he'll never, ever, 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 ever <laughs> leave me. So now Jesus has my heart, and I am an example of what transformation looks like in public. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan, for telling a part of your story and letting us get that glimpse of what it looks like to see not a perfect person, but someone who is being perfectly transformed by God from the inside out. And I'm so grateful God led you here, and I'm excited for what God has in store for you in the days and years to come. And I think that what a great picture for us as we move into a time of baptism. Just see, these are ordinary, everyday folks who, like all of us have, Get to a point where you go, I just cannot do it on my own anymore. I need to begin again. I've made too big of a mess. I've walked too far away. I cannot on my own. And so we come to Jesus and we say, will you, can you? And the answer is always yes. So that's the powerful thing about saying yes to Jesus is that he already said yes to you. He said the first yes to you. And so the question is for you is, are you willing to say yes to him? And in a moment, we're going to celebrate baptism. I'll explain that in just a second because it's an open, like, all call for baptism. Anyone who wants to get baptized is getting baptized today. But I also want to let you know that I want to give anyone who has yet to say yes to Jesus the opportunity to do that. Maybe for you, like Nicodemus, you've been kind of, you know, creeping in, sneaking in, walking around, wondering if this is for you. And today, you know, you know that this is your day to say yes to Jesus. And so I want to walk through a prayer in a moment that allows you to do that so that you can say your next...
best yes to baptism. See, the first yes is to Jesus, and the best next yes is to getting baptized, saying yes to him, the spirit and water and celebration together. So let me just say a few words about the baptism, what we do here. I want to let you know, maybe you're thinking, okay, is there something special like about this water, something, you know, spiritually significant about this water? There's nothing magical about this water. We don't fly it in from Rome. It's Lake Michigan water, so it's about as boring a water as you can get, because the point isn't the water itself, it's what it represents, that someone can be, like, die to their old life and be raised to new life in Jesus. So it's not about the water specifically or that it does anything, it's what it represents. And maybe for you, you were baptized as an infant, maybe your parents baptized you as an infant. A lot of folks in our church uh, were baptized as an infant, and maybe you're thinking, oh, well, that kind of covers it, right? You know, or maybe you're thinking, uh, I don't want to offend my parents. I mean, they went through all the trouble of doing that and would this kind of cancel that out? You know what's so amazing about that is when you were baptized as an infant, you had no choice in the matter. You didn't get to vote. They just dressed you up in a pretty little dress or a little suit and they did that for you. And what it represented was their intention for you to one day follow Jesus. So this baptism that we celebrate here doesn't cancel that. It's not a cancellation. It's a completion of their intention for you when you're an infant. It's a way of saying, I've said yes to Jesus. And so in a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to say anyone who wants to get baptized can go right to the back and do it. When I finish my prayer, you go right to the back. Now, you may be thinking, I didn't come dressed to get baptized today. I don't know if there's an outfit for baptism. I clearly didn't wear it today. Here's the deal. We have a team of amazing volunteers right out the back door, and they have everything you could think of for you to get baptized today. They have shorts. They have shirts. They have underwear. They have hair products. They've got everything for you so that you don't have to miss the opportunity to say yes to baptism today. I really mean it. There's not a thing that you can think of that they haven't already thought of, and it's all back there waiting for you. And so maybe today you need to say yes to baptism. Maybe you're going to say yes to Jesus for the very first time here in a minute. And the next best yes is to get baptized today. And so when I'm done praying here in a minute, if you feel like, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to kind of hold out for the perfect moment. This is my present moment, the moment that I have right now. And I'm going to say yes to him. Then grab a friend that's with you, the spouse is with you. Look him in the eyes and say, we're doing this. And just take him to the back because we want you to be supported with folks standing around you as you get baptized. Again, this is for anyone who said yes to Jesus. We've baptized folks here in their 70s, in their 80s. This next gathering, Gene and I are going to have the profound privilege of baptizing our daughter. Who's nine? Nine. And she gets it. She's in fact waited to do this till she was ready. She knew and said, I know my life belongs to Jesus and I want everyone to know it. And we don't want you to miss that opportunity. Now it's gonna be a tear fest at the next gathering. So I'm so glad you came to this one because <laughs> we'll be able to at least hold it together partially for this one. So if you wanna say yes to Jesus today, if you wanna say yes to baptism, this is your chance. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Stand up. We're gonna pray right now. Go ahead and stand up. And we're gonna pray. And when I say amen, if you wanna get baptized, go straight to the back and we will baptize you right now, today. Celebrate with you. And if you wanna begin a relationship with Jesus, to begin again, 
like we heard Jesus explain that it's possible to be born again, to be begin again in him, then I want you just to repeat this prayer after me. So if everyone will close their eyes and if anyone wants to say yes to Jesus and what he's done for you today, then really all you have to do is repeat this prayer after me. It's not really even so much about the words, it's about your heart. And so if you wanna say yes to Jesus today or maybe come back home to Jesus, you've walked so far away and today's the day for you to come back home, then just repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I say yes to you. I say yes to what you've done for me. I confess the mess I've made of my life. I've sinned against you and I wanna be made new. I believe you can do it. So I say yes to the cross. I say yes to the empty tomb. I say yes to new life in you, in this life and in the life to come. Jesus, I choose you. Now make me new. And Jesus, that is our hope and our prayer that everyone we know would say yes to you, that they would find their life in you, that they would be made new in you, that they would begin again today. And so God, I pray that you would work against any spirit of fear, any spirit maybe God of being embarrassed, any spirit of being in front of other people. God, wash all that away with your power and presence and love right now so that we don't get in the way of what you're doing right now, that we would say yes to you with our soul with our very spirit to what your spirit is now doing in this moment. And God, I pray that every person who gets baptized today would feel the love of this room as we celebrate them. But more importantly, God, they would feel your overwhelming love over their life. And so God, we pray for everyone today who's gonna begin again in you. We celebrate you as we celebrate them. It's in your name that we pray and baptize these brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. If you want to get baptized, head right to the back right now. Don't wait. We want to celebrate you. If today is your day, then head on back. We want to celebrate the waters of baptism with you.